So the episode with Jones had some hiccups, tried using Wirecast. You know, I've been seeing people do the videos, got inspired, but the issue I had with Wirecast, I was using two different um, input capture cards. I had two different delayed compensations. So two different, the audio was going off with the cameras at two different, oh my, it was just a bad experience, man. Then, like I said, I'm smoking on some black, three kings, three kings. I think I said blackjack, yo. If I said blackjack, no. Nah. I'm blowing on some three kings. Follow me, some straight gas. But, um, yeah. So, bro, my week was crazy, man. How that shit go? So I had that the issue with the show with Jones. Then I had one of my hard drives fail. Literally, like a four terabyte hard drive just fail on me. So this, in the last three years, this is the second time, or at least I lost six terabytes twice in the last three years. So. Um, yeah, I hope, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the same drive. I'm pretty sure I got rid of that old one, but just knowing that the one I have now is giving me that same issue. It's things like hard drives, bro. You can't, like, honestly, it's like less than five years with these things with me. The way I'm starting to really feel with hard drives moving forward. Cause like, if you give these things more than five years, man, it's like, you have, you end up like me and you lose six terabytes in, in less than three years, so. So I had a hard drive fail, then I had an external 10 terabyte hard drive. I sent that off to Western Digital. They're telling me that I got hard drive fraud, that the serial numbers don't match and whole. I'm like, bro, this is the same serial numbers and everything that's on the thing. Like they're sending me an email of the same. I'm like, bro, this is the serial number. I'm like, I don't know what you're telling me. So I had a hard drive fail, external hard drive got, wait, confiscated, then got subjected to a claim of being fraud. So you know, when it rains, it just don't rain. It gotta pour on your black ass. Just to let you know it's real in these streets. Um, get me some water. Um, then outside of that, I caught an eye infection. I don't know if you could see it, or if you could see it, it's probably not as, as bad as it was, but bro, I had like a fucking golf ball on my face. The episode I did with Jones, oh, and that shit was out of focus. So yeah, I'm using autofocus now. I had to because the manual focus is what I want to use, but clearly I keep leaning and doing all this extra shit that keeps moving in and out of focus. So the infinity range that I said is not good enough. So that, so what? Hard, hard drive fraud, hard drive fail, eye infection. Then my, I wake up one morning, I kid you not, then my daughter cut her hair off. Fam, my daughter cut her hair. She took the, the scissors that came in her at her remote learning school kit and just went to work. Well, snip, snip, snip. Cut three patches of hair. It's all good. It's nothing too major. It's major to the fact that my daughter cut her hair and like I say always, situations like this don't always end good, but yeah. But. All right, so let's get this joint started. Daily Heat Check Smokecast, episode 58. I am your host, Piff Beats. We are live and direct. We're going to get straight into it with the sports, blowing on some three kings. Undefeated champion, Khabib. I'm not even going to attempt to not pronounce that because I'm just going to butcher it in all more ways than one, but he retires. After going undefeated 29-0, 
beating the brakes out of all your favorite, um, you know, um, stars and I think Conor McGregor. I think he, the person he just beat. I don't follow UFC, but I know this is just big news in general because who he is, who he beat, and the fact that he's retiring. So just seeing this stuff just come about is just interesting. But um, yeah, and an emotional, um, an emotional Khabib announced his retirement after the bout with the latest victory, which came by technical submission with a triangle choke. Khabib departs the octagon with a 29-0 career record and 13-0 UFC record today. This was the wait, wait, UFC record. Today, this was my last fight, he said. Um, this is coming straight from, I think, an article on CNN. Yep. So I'm here on CNN and I'm seeing it. You know he got a new look right now. He got the fucking, I, like, the Odell Beckham on steroids. So, you know, shout-outs to him. Shout-outs to Odell for inspiring what he just did because you got a generation of kids and grown men, you know, taking your style and remixing it. But, you know, that's a whole nother, excuse me, topic for another day. But, yeah, he um, yeah, today was my last fight, he said. Ain't no way I'm going to come back without come back here without my father. And his father was his coach, and he passed away in July after complications caused by COVID-19. Um, Khabib said he talked with his mother for three days before deciding to accept the bout with um, Geethy. Geethy? Like I said, I don't follow UFC, so some of these names are some of the most exotic things I've probably ever seen on paper. So forgive me, but I know this is just, um, I'm starting with the sports, and I know this is big news in the sports world. Anytime somebody like this retires, 29-0, and 0, um, and he and he beat some good people, man. That's the one. That's the one thing. Um, like I gotta pull this up, but if I get a chance, I'm gonna put it on the screen. But yeah, he he. It wasn't like he was going around beating scrubs. He he actually beat some actually, you know, good people. So when you beat good people, you know that tends to go on your career and make you look even more of a, of a legend than what you are. Cause it's like, yo, I beat him. I beat him. I beat him. It's like, yeah, knock knock him loose, man. Knock them fucking loose. But that's the only thing, really, on the sports today. Uh, let's move on and see what else we got going. We could go straight into the news. Um, I have a bunch of new. Hold on. I want to go straight into the Kanye West on Joe Rogan. Bro. Bro. Was it less than a week ago I just covered Kanye West's presidential election ad campaign? And Kanye West on Joe Rogan, brother, brother, brother. I'm a, I, I got to be honest. I, I had to light the blunt for this, but I got to be honest. I enjoyed it. I found it highly entertaining. But then at the same time, I found it very confusing but then, at times, I found it extremely able to consume and understand it. I know that just went all over the place, but it's like he would, it's like Joe would ask him a question, and then the question Joe would ask him, he would, he, he'll answer like eight other questions. It's the weirdest thing. And we're like, so 
Kanye, tell me about your political run. Then he'll start talking about the music business, why contracts for slaves and all this stuff, and then um, incorporate that into leadership. Then take the leadership and then be like, hey, this is the reason why I need to become, and I had a spiritual revelation by God, and and it's and like like I said, it doesn't. None of it sounds crazy when he puts it all together at the end. I I feel in certain aspects, but then there's a lot of parts of it where it's just like Kanye gives you that blank Kanye stare. Like it's just so it's like it's so creepy and eerie. Honestly. That's probably the worst thing he got going against him for his presidential campaign. That, that, the Kanye steer, that. Ugh. Oh my gosh, like it's the ill mean mug. And it's like, when you see it and it's like, and Joe was trying to like really compartmentalize with him and get a full understanding of how he works and well, why is he doing what he does and why he thinks the way he thinks and, you know, and then he just starts going, then he, like, then he starts talking about other stuff and then he's just like he'll ask him one question about the medication and why is he on the medication then he'll just start answering one question then maybe touch on that a little bit then he's ending up into shoes like granted i know it's an open conversation platform but i've seen a lot of joe rogan episodes this one just felt like it was really off the rails it felt like if, if anyone who watches joe rogan really could if, like you got to drop it in the comments let me know if i'm going crazy it felt like this was like 90% Kanye talking, 10% Joe list, um, talking. And I understand this was more of a listening thing. And I think Joe had him there to play that position, to do more of a listening thing, not to make it be more of a back and forth open conversation, but more of a platform for you to just air out your grievances. And I think that's what Kanye came and did and he did it well. But when you really, like you see it, it's like, it's not it's not a regular Joe Rogan interview. You get what I'm saying? If you've seen Joe Rogan, I've been watching Joe Rogan for over the course of the past few years. You know, I'm not one of the full longtime elite fans. I've got on them late. But at the same time, from the interviews I've seen or even the interviews that I went back to see in the back catalog, it's not even more so a format, but it's like an energy he has where it's like I talk, you talk, I question what you just said, then you build on that, you expand on it, then he goes into more. It wasn't really like that with Kanye. It wasn't at all. And I'm not saying it was a bad thing, but it was an interesting thing. Um, yeah. Um, overall, a good interview. A good watch. I can't lie, it is a lengthy watch. And when I say lengthy, it gets to points where Kanye himself is just going so... It's like, all right, yeah, you know, you're losing me. Like, say like a person like me. Like, I smoke a blunt, and it's just like you just go and you consume the whole, the theory of it, and you just, it's like a, it's like entertainment for what you got going at the moment. It left me, bro. Like, I, after like 30, 40 minutes, my brain was wandering. And I'm only saying that is because there was times where Kanye just, like, he's just going all over the place. It wasn't, and then Joe Rogan wasn't really pulling him back. He was just letting him go. So, you know, give or take, um, you got to check it out. Interesting, interesting takeaway. But yeah, um, Kanye West, Joe Rogan, I'm not going to give it too much, too much time, but it was a very interesting interview. You definitely got to check that out. Um, next up, um, 
Yeah, let's keep it on the music. This was interesting. This broke um, a few minutes before I was doing the notes. Uh, rapper Hurricane Chris has been indicted on murder charges by grand jury session in Shreveport, Louisiana. Hurricane Chris, real name Christopher Jerron Dooley, was indicted on second-degree murder charges in connection with the June 19th death of Danzeria Ferris Jr., at the age of 32. According to the Shreveport Times, Ferris was shot at a Texaco station at Hearn and Hollywood Avenues uh, several times. He later died in the hospital. The rapper was also charged with illegal possession of a stolen 2016 Mercedes sedan, which was illegally, which was allegedly used during the incident. Um, at first, cops thought Hurricane Chris shot Ferris, thinking he was attempting to steal his vehicle, which is which the alleged vehicle was already stolen. So someone was trying. He shot. Let's not make fun of it, but imagine that I'm shooting you for trying to steal the car that I already stole. Just sit on that, but um, but the police said in news in the news that they released that the investigators were about to secure video footage of the incident that detectives believe showed that Dooley did not act in self defense. Authorities said in the news released. So from that, I'm instantly taking away he was trying to plead self defense because I remember when the article broke earlier in the year during the COVID outbreak, that he was like, why wait till you see, it's not as you think, da 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 And you know, in the heat of the moment in his head, he's probably thinking it was self-defense and he's probably justifying it, coming up with his excuses, painting the picture. You gotta understand, like I've seen a, enough shows of how these criminals think in that moment. And then like some of these dudes, when you're in there, you're there so long, you, you lie to yourself for so long, you start believing your own truth. And remember, if you got 30, 10, 15, I don't know, any amount of years to sit and think on it, you, you you have enough time to build a full story around it that anybody could believe if they're willing to be that gullible. But, um, yeah, but self-defense is not what they're, they're giving out for this young man. Hurricane Chris, you know, I got this from Media Takeout, this the actual news that I'm reading, but... It says from media takeout, and I'm making sure I say that, is because they say that he's possibly facing the death penalty. So I'm believing Louisiana is one of those states that have capital murder. Um, I was talking about this in the last episode with New Jersey. Um, understand the laws where you are and when you're doing your shit. It's nothing wrong with being a street nigga, but being a street nigga that knows the laws, you know, sometimes you might have to hit a nigga with the gun butt, shoot him in the foot. Busting the air, you know what I mean? Or uh, not busting the air, you feel me? That's no point. But you might have to find other ways of violence to get around to solving your problem without, you know, murdering people. Because in some of these places, yeah, like the death penalty and someone like Hurricane Chris, um, and I've heard this before in many big profile cases, they will tend to try to make a um uh what's the um what's the word? What's the word? Make a um a spectacle of you. Or make a scene out of you, or make make an example out of you. That's the better word that I'm looking for. They were trying to make an example out of you to show to other superstars or potential prominent people in the community, or just criminals with thoughts of doing this type of activity that you should stay away and be very deterred because we don't care who you are and how much money you have. We're gonna smoke your boots. So please believe that. Um, that is definitely 
the way they look at it, especially depending on the judge he gets. He probably might get a judge that hates rappers. Oh my God. One of them judges that, oh my God, I just hate everything you stand for, their lyrics, what they done. He might have a daughter that might have got twisted out by one or that's hooked on rap music. You don't know what's going on inside them households, man. You don't know. But you do know that if you get the right judge or the wrong judge, depending on the situation, they will smoke your boots. So take heed to that. Let's see what else we got here. We got Drake, Drizzy, certified lover boy. This broke today as well too. While I was doing the show notes, I was like, ooh, we got some bangers. We got some bangers, y'all. But it's saying here, I got this from Double Daily, that um, yeah, OVO Sound, they made a tweet. They talk in January. They made a tweet on October 24th that um, yeah, What's the name of it? Drake Certified Lover Boy will be releasing on OVO Republic. Um, the star dropped information in a teaser clip on his 34th birthday, October 24th. Ah, much, much. You know, October's very own. Um, features images of a boy in a... I don't really got to read you their description. I could tell you for myself. It was basically a flashback going through all his albums from... Um, nothing was ever, nothing was the same. Um, the recent one he just dropped with a ski mask, take care. Um, you know, it was just going through all of them. I'm guessing all his potential classics. I don't want to say all of them, but you know, they had a good cycle through. Um, I probably got to watch it again. I have the clip running on the screen or bits of it so you can get a feel for what it was. But seeing that, you know, it kind of gets me excited, especially when I saw take care. And then the thing that was key in every clip, oh, my boy Drizzy is just stunting on y'all. You know, he had to have a little new OVO heart, you know, like, yeah, the hook part is cool, but the heart is where it's at. So don't don't be surprised by you know shit. If not now, by the by the beginning of February, you know what I mean. There's gonna be a lot of hearts hitting the streets. So barbers, get your game up. If you a barber, a local hood barber, or one of them top client barbers, you you should already know them young boys and them dudes. You know, riding that Drake. You know what I mean. Wave, they gonna want that heart in their head. Some of them, wait, they probably gonna want you to even push the limit. Some might want a heart and a spade, a, a jacket, you know what I mean? So just be prepared. And I'm talking to the barbers specifically on this because they are gonna be coming crazy in a few weeks, all right? If they have not already since the pop star video, my nigga, they are gonna be coming wild. So just brace yourself, you know what I mean? Just like, you know, just put them extra hours in, Test on those, you know, so-so clients or whoever what you got to do. But, yeah, they coming. But Drizzy, he said, um, Certified Lover Boy will be releasing in January 2021. What's next on the slate? We got some more stuff. Um, we got some stuff here for music news, man. Uh, I, I didn't know if I wanted to cover it, but this just felt so weird. It just was like, I I don't know. It just felt too weird for me. Something about these weird things that just has me. Hold up. Before I even start running off the facts. 
All right, yeah, this is too weird. I'm skipping this. I'm skipping this. I might, I might have been on some other shit that night that I was like, I found that to be interesting news or, but yeah, it is what it is. Let's see. Oh, what else they got here? Um, oh, this is interesting. I saw this on Worldstar and I thought this was very interesting because this was interesting in almost. This is interesting in several ways, actually, because for one, basically they're coming out with this. I don't know what it is, some type of bubble vest, like a bubble, like a personal bubble, and you just basically wear it outside, and it's gonna protect you from the coroners. Uh, vi visor. Of course, they got to spell it, you know, hip and new and innovative. V-Y-Z-R. So Visor is coming out with your own personal bubble that you could go out, use. Um, I, my Honestly, like two things come to my mind when I see this. Hold on. I just got to. Two things come to my mind when I see this. One is, is it that serious out there with this coronavirus? Granted, I'm not taking it for a joke. I know it's serious. People are dying. But when I say, is it that serious? Like a mask is not enough? Like that's what I mean when I say it's not, is it, is, is it not that serious? Because me thinking a mask is perfectly fine. I, I, I've always felt seeing this, this is like a personal hazmat suit. This is crazy. This is crazy. Because one, seeing this is like I said, it makes me think, is it really that serious out there? And two, what is the future of coronavirus? Because seeing this is something that tells me that there is no hope for a possible cure or vaccine. Or if, if, if it gets to the point that niggas is doing this, it's like I feel like we're in World War Z. If niggas starts pulling up, now I'm going to have this on the screen. Because if niggas start pulling up with this freaking visor shit, it's game over, bro. I'm sorry. Shout out to the models, all the product models that got paid to do this for the placement, whatever. You probably got your free visor. I don't know. Probably not because this thing looks expensive. These prototypes do not look. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do not. Wait. And they got the website that says that has the thing that pop up at the bottom like so-and-so just bought a visor in Hackensack. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Yeah, Sylvine in Poughkeepsie, United States purchased a box of filters. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. I'm, I'm smarter than this. And the fact that I see this, oh, wait. And there's another, oh, another one. Yeah, Sylvia in Poughkeepsie, the United States, purchased a, a BioVisor 1.0. No, she didn't. These are popping up like every 10, 20 seconds. Your site is not booming like this. No, no. Leave a comment, something. Let me know. I do not feel that people are going to be out copping these. A personal bubble. Like, I hate, I'm not, like I said, I believe the coronavirus is serious because people are out here dying. You know, things are still shut down. I'm on the East Coast, so I know better than most people. But at the same time, I don't think it's this serious that you need a personal bubble. Nope, nope. Get an N95. Uh, Bro, this looks crazy to me. This is beyond crazy to me. I'm sorry. Sorry. Shout out to Visor, though. Get your bag. Get your bag. Um, there's a few more here on the slate. Yeah, this was a slow, slow, um, roundup for me, man. But, um, hold up. Wait, I missed one in the music. 
Gotta go back. Gotta go back. I missed one. And this is a nice one, too. Jeezy and T.I. will be facing off on season two of Versus. Um, basically, this is the one that everyone pretty much, you know, summed up, assumed, speculated that well, not only because it was going to be a good matchup, but this was more of T.I.'s lane because basically he was trying to call out, um, how, how could I put it? He was trying to call out uh, 50. 50 would have, I, I don't want to say would have smoked his boots. That's my East Coast New York bias. But at the same time, it's like calling out 50, ah, 50 sunned you. 50 did what 50 does. And, you know, shout out to you, Fifth. We expect nothing less than that from you. But then at the same time, I look at this and I see that Buster called him out. That was just recent. He didn't really respond to Buster in the way that I thought he should have. He played the humble OG veteran, you know, big shouts to you. I can't battle you, OG card. And granted, you know, that's 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 cool and all, but at the same time, man, you know, how you call out 50 and you run from bus. And I don't say this with no, you know, like you you just wanted to get at 50 because it was an ego pride thing. You wanted to get at the biggest line in the jungle. Granted, Buster's a big lion himself, but at the same time, you don't look at him the same way you look at 50. So this as a challenge was not on the same plateau for you. Because if you would have smoked Buster, let's really be honest, smoking Buster in a battle, whether it be for fun or for views, does nothing for his career in the long term compared to if he was to get on that stage and smoke 50, regardless of how relevant or irrelevant 50 may be in music right now, 50 is still 50, and he's still a name that holds weight and a, a name that still did things, ended careers. You, We know what 50 does. He's one of the original trolls in this. So for you to go up there and smoke 50's boots, that would have did a lot more for you than, say, smoking Buster Rhymes. And regardless of the fact who had a bigger and better catalog, because Buster, you know, he had enough to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you. That's, that's not even up for debate. Buster Rhymes is Buster Rhymes, you know? Like I say, he's not a slouch, but you wanted 50 because it was going to do something for your ego and something for the Twitter, the hip hop, the, the black Twitter verse. You know, you he knows what he was doing, but yeah. But to get back to it, um, T.I. and Jeezy will be going off on November 19th at 5 p.m. on Versus. You can check it out on IGTV or on HD on Apple Music. Drinks presented by Ciroc as usual. Shout outs to Diddy Revolt, Black Owned. Let's get that shit going. But you know they did two versions of the flyer. I like that. One is T.I. versus Jeezy and one is Jeezy versus T.I. I'm going to have that up on the screen so y'all can see. But um, I think it's dope. I honestly think it's dope. It's really not much for me to really go into outside of it's the right matchup. It's the matchup that fits T.I., Jeezy is definitely one of the OGs in it. Um, I grew up listening to a lot of Jeezy. I'm going to be straightforward with you. I didn't grow up listening to that much T.I. And when I say listening, like I heard all the hits, the singles, you know, that was like, you know, unavoidable at that time coming up. But to say I really went home and sank my teeth into a T.I. album, I can't really promise you that. To TM102... Um, TM1, TM101, TM102, and I think I even dabbled a little bit with TM103 just to see how he circle, um, you know, closed out the trilogy. So I messed with Jeezy a lot more, me personally. And this is coming from an East Coast guy. So to see um, T.I. and Jeezy going head to head, if I was to pick it and to give you like a a, a winner, um, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there, man. I'm going Jeezy. 
I'm going Jeezy, but only if it's on some street shit. Walk with me. Walk with me. Like I said, my East Coast bias, because when Jeezy came out, he was making those records that hit hard. It was that that trap, but us up north was bumping it. And you know, it was at that time where we was just getting used to that, you know, that Atlanta sound. So Jeezy came right on time, making the right type of sound and music that, you know, and he had everyone on board. So I think if he keeps it street and he goes into his street bag, especially with the mixtapes, Can't Ban the Snowman, and he goes, you know, he, he goes into the street... I think he could smoke T.I. Because T.I. to me, like I said, this is to me because I never really listened to T.I. like that. I don't think he got a street bag like that for, for Jeezy. I don't. But when it comes to the hits and the big, super, mega records, T.I., he probably's on some of the biggest features. I know Swagger Like Us. Um, I know that My Life joint. Um, I know Rubber Band Man. That was big. Um, T.I. got some big ones, man. And don't get it twisted. Jeezy got some big ones, too. Um, you know, I can't think of it off top. I only remember, like, the Major Hood one. I remember Go Crazy was my shit. Go Crazy. But like I say, like, that was more, like, on the street side. Even as big as, big as Go Crazy was with Jay-Z on it, they never shot a video for that. That like, and I, that was a record like I always wondered like, how come this never got a video? If anything that deserved a video, I thought it was that. And then the original Go Crazy with Fat Joe, like all the versions of Go Crazy was fire, all of them. So, but like I said, I felt like that was just more of like a street record. It wasn't like on some like super mega commercial like Ti. He 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 got some shit, man. He got some shit. And he just dropped some more shit. So, and he and he got some, he got the joint with Young Thug, Money, Omar. T.I. got some shit. But like I said, I'm talking these big commercial records. So, um, granted, I, I believe in Jeezy, but like I said, if Jeezy goes on the street shit like how Jada was trying to do against Fab and he keeps it street, I think he could smoke his boots. But some of these T.I. records, some of these big, big T.I. records, man, some of them are just too big to ignore. I don't care how street you get. So I think overall, because he has more fan-friendly records, I think T.I. is going to win this one. But I think it's going to be a close one. So if they do 20, I'm going to look at this, man. I'm going to think, I'm going to go 12-8 T.I. 12-8 T.I. We'll see November... Um. November 19th, we'll check in and see how my prediction turns out. But remember, I called it here first on the Smokecast. Um, let's see. Let's see. We got some shit. We got some shit. It's a pretty good show today. Um, we got some more wild shit right here. I love speaking on this type of shit, man. This shit just gets me like just so intrigued. Um, uh, I'm gonna save this one right here because we're gonna talk about this because you know it is that time of year. But um, my bad, y'all. My notes is all over the place today, so I'm I'm just gonna jump right into this right here, man. There's a um, Pope Francis named as the first American black cardinal. I'm pretty sure they don't say it like that. That's probably how they say it down like in the valley. But Pope Francis named as the first black cardinal. Um, yeah. 
Let me see. Catholics in the United States will get their first African-American cardinal next month in a surprise announcement Sunday from from his window overlooking St. Peter's Square. Pope Francis named Wilton Gregory the Archbishop of Washington, D.C., among 13 new cardinals. Gregory will be elevated to the position in the ceremony at the Vatican on November 28th. Hey, man. Um... I don't want to go too deep into it. Only the thing that caught my eye about it is that, you know, this is not more so of a religious cast. It's not more so. I like to cover some of the news and the interesting topics, but I don't really talk on, like, say, that systemic racism and things like that because I try not to get too political. I have my political cast already, but I do want to say this because I think Charlemagne said this in one of his podcasts, and it's so crazy that it's still true that in 2020 that we're still having black firsts. They're still having, this was the first time a black man did this. The first time a black man was anointed to this. The first, And we still, we're now getting the first African-American um, black cardinal in um, 2020. And I find that to be interesting just in a year of, you know, a system of, you know, the, the protests and everything that took place this year. Not to rehash on everything, but it's like to see like how where we are in 2020 and say like our grandparents or your grandparents, if they're old enough to remember the sixties and the riots to tell you those stories and to say like, yo, it's the same thing all over again. And then to see that we're still having the first black and how many years this Catholic thing has been going on with the church and the foundation. You're telling me they have never allowed a black man to elevate to that high of a status. That is crazy. That's crazy. Crazy. Crazy, but it it is what it is. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I do want to say that I find that just to be very crazy that we're still having first for black men in this country. Um, let's see. I want to talk on this Tory Lane shit a little bit, man. But I don't think I'm going to be able to go into it the way I want to. Because, you know, he, he came out and he said some shit. I didn't really cover the notes because I just felt like this Tory Lane's and Meg Thee Stallion shit was just getting so sloppy, man. It was just getting, like, out of control all over the place. He went to court. He's now talking. He's doing all this talking in his music videos. I don't know if it's a new video, but i just seen another video. And, you know, um, he's talking that shit again. He's, he said Meg's name. So, granted, you know, he said he's innocent. So, this is the thing. But I'll say this about the Tory Lane shit. And this is the shit that's crazy. I don't know if he's innocent or not. But... The thing that's so crazy that I did an episode on this a while ago, but then Will I Am went on the Breakfast Club and said he was like the American legal system is more fear than the society. And then when you look at a situation like Tory Lanez, you feel me? If he did it, he did it. He should get what he deserves and everything that comes with it. You shouldn't do these things to anybody, let alone the black women in our community. But at the same time, if we're going to really sit here and like look at it, there is the court of public opinions and then there's the court of law. Tory Lanez could go through the trial and say hypothetically, be not guilty, plead out, 
and just, you know, be dropped of all charges and acquitted in a court of law and be innocent. But then due to the fact that this was trailing in the media for months and months and months, so the court of opinion have now created their own version of speculations and podcasts and people have already went out there and gave their voice, their opinion, you know, chose their sides and, you know, spoke their piece. But at the same time is that, say in the hypothetical world that, hey, um, he's innocent and you guys already did all this slander and this damage and this wreckage to his career. Is there any way for you to go and like undo that? No. The only thing you could possibly do is say you're, you're, you're sorry on your, your news, on your platform and that's it. Give him an apology and that'll probably last, say, probably a week or hour or just say, say, probably for even the moment if he even cares or for the people who do care. Compared to, say, months of slander and dragging his name through the dirt. The point to be said is, I don't know if he did it. I know do know is that if he did do it, he should be prosecuted to the fullest extent period. But I also do know that if he didn't do it, that you guys in the court of public opinions and court of social media already put him on trial and already executed him and already gave your decision on what he is, who he is, and what the outcome should be. So I don't know how you guys go back and reverse the damage that you have done, especially for the people who are going to be potential jurors in this case and who's going to have to go and look at this objectively and give you like a, a head on opinion about it. And especially if you read the news, watch podcasts or anything, you've you've had your views in some way, shape or fewer, shape or form tilted. Whether it's towards he's innocent or whether towards he's guilty. The point is, is that the court of media, the court of public opinion versus the court of law is unfair, especially when the court of law says you're innocent because the court of uh, public opinion has already made their verdict and already chose what your fate is going to be. That's all I'm going to say. Moving on. Moving on. I had to cook real quick, man. Just let me cook. Sometimes I just got to cook. Sometimes I just got to cook. Um... Let me see right here, man. Uh, we got a few more. Uh, I want to touch on this one right here, man. This coronavirus vaccine. I find this to be interesting stuff. And I'm following this coronavirus vaccine heavy. Because Trump's out here talking, we're going to have it by the end of the year, which is record-breaking time. Even if we get it by February, it's still record-breaking time. Because that means you you made the, the drugs... You made the vaccine, you took it through three stages of testing, you took it through mass quantity testing, and you got it to the public in a year. And they said it couldn't be done. Most vaccines would take at least a year and a half to two years to be made or something in that ballpark. So I know I definitely heard a year and a half. So the fact that they were able to do it in a year, shit. You gotta, you gotta give credit to that. But then at the same time, like I reported recently in my other video, that they had to stop the coronavirus testing due to unnatural or undetermined illness. So that's never good when you're trying to cure something and then the cure becomes worse than the actual disease. So in this case, a federal coronavirus vaccine contract released at last, but redactions obscure terms. So basically it's just a contract has just been released and they're just, you know, let me see. 
Um, basically, it says, even as the company's enlisted by the government operations Warp Speed Project to develop COVID-19 vaccines, they says they're making quick progress. Details of their lucrative federal contracts have been slow to emerge. Okay, so this is a whole money grab. But late Friday, the Department of Health and Human Services released its August contract with Moderna, which announces, when announcing the deal, HHS says it was worth $1.5 billion and would secure the first 100 million doses of the company's vaccine and the option to buy up to 400 million more. Oh, wow. So this is, this is a very, like they said, the word lucrative. This, this, this is not, um, I, I don't want to say it's not for the people. It's definitely for the people because the vaccine has to get distributed to them with, or it has no value. But at the same time, seeing what the value of this vaccine or what it is worth to get this out to the people yeah, is not a, it's not a small feat. This is crazy. Overall, there is a lack of disclosure around the terms of the federal contracts with companies involved in the crash program to make COVID-19 vaccines. Most of the contracts haven't been released. I believe it hasn't been released for a reason because once you see numbers like 1.5 billion and they're pre-ordering or pre basically pre-ordering but securing up to 400, you know, to uh the option to buy up to 400 million more, like yeah, these people are invested. And they're invested for their investment to make money off what this situation is going to be. So it's like they said, um, I forgot what it was, but oh my gosh, you don't throw away a good crisis. I forgot what it is. So they were saying this all back a few months ago in the beginning of the coronavirus. But this is what they mean by when they say don't throw away a good crisis. When something like this is happening, there's someone out there looking at the landscape, trying to find ways to monopolize. And they am pretty sure like in this situation, they're going to invest into the, uh, the medical side, which they have. And it found to be extremely lucrative for them because 1.5 billion worth of vaccine or in a contract to produce and release it to the public. Yeah, um this COVID thing is not a joke. So just just be on your P's and Q's out there, people. You feel me? And now, like I said, the reason why I look at these um these notes and as far as like the vaccine and I was like I gotta keep on top of that because like I said in the previous thing about the um the the bubble is it that serious out there because I see this vaccine they're contracted there's big money getting tossed around for them to come out and have this vaccine on time and get it to the people so people are invested now I want to know is their investment a good one or are they throwing money at a bad situation? Because when you got people coming out with this bubble, that could, like I said, it does one or two things. It either puts fear in your heart that it's not getting better out there, or it's letting you know that, hey, the future is going to be, you know what I mean? These people are just trying to, you know, fear mongers, basically. It's either one or two things. They're either fear mongering or they're preparing you for a future of hazmat suits or I can't, I can't see a future of us wearing hazmat suits or equivalent to in public. But like I said, um, it's either that or the vaccine. So one of them, one, hey, and here's the crazy thing about the media. One of them are lying. It's either that serious or the vaccine is really coming. But get back to these nizzos, the nizzos, the nizzos. I got to get back to the nizzos. The Nizzo. The Nizzo.
Yeah. Okay. Um, I got two more right here, man. I got two more, and we're going to get out of here. You know, I ain't going to keep y'all up too late tonight, you know what I mean, mean. But, um, Thanksgiving, man. I think this is a good one, bro, because Wifey and I talk about this before, about how people use COVID to their advantage. And not not in regards to us but like how we could use it or even i use it at times but not as much as say the average folk would the point i'm trying to say is is that people would use COVID to their advantage like how could i put it like the protest i ain't got nothing against the protest but they'll say it's okay for you to protest but wait wait wait, wait. Fuck, fuck that let's not use the protest i'll use an example that my man's son gave me. An example from a nine-year-old. And this is what a nine-year-old thinks of coronavirus. Why is it okay for him to go to Six Flags with complete strangers that he has not met, do not know anything about, you feel me? I have nothing about him. Never met these people. Complete strangers and ride these rides with them back to back after multiple people have ridden them. You feel me? At Six Flags, but you can't go to school with people that you do know or you went to school with or these teachers that you've been learning from for the past four, five, six years. That's from a nine-year-old. And I was like, yo, you're absolutely right. But when you let that sink in and really soak that up, that's some deep learning right there. That's real deep. Like, I'm not trying to sound on some super spiritual, but I'm like, just think about that, though. This is all factual. Like, why could you go to Six Flags and ride rides and do all this social inter intermixing, riding, you know, you know what I mean? And all this other stuff with strangers, but going to the school, you cannot with teachers and the people you've known for years. Look, like I said, I'm not trying to make this a political cast, but this ties into the coronavirus and Thanksgiving. Uh, you feel me? Is Thanksgiving, you know what I mean? Like, do you do Thanksgiving in the time of um, coronavirus? Like, are you going to go? Who's not? Like, say even better. Are you doing trick-or-treating? There's so many things. Like, what are you? And this is so, so crazy, but such a question. I was talking about this months ago when coronavirus first happened. Because I'm like, all right, what are we going to do for Halloween? What are we going to do for Thanksgiving? What are we? Because these are some social holidays, whether you know the gathering and everything that's involved. So I'm just like... You know, like what what's happening for trick or treats or what you know for the kids and stuff like this. So, like I said, they turn it on and off when it's available. But right now, they're talking Thanksgiving in the time of coronavirus, um, whether to go house hopping or to not. And if you're from the hood, you know house ho house hopping is like a tradition. Go, you try a couple plates, see some family you ain't see, meet a cousin or two. You know, you know what I mean. Meet some new friends. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's all good. Get some good food, good friends, good drink, good drink. You know what I mean? But is it is it safe? Or is this, like, coronavirus is going to ruin that whole vibe? And this is just something I'm asking on, like, an open platform. Like, me personally, I, I kind of stopped house hopping for many years but I'm all about the big fat family gathering. So I in a way, I'm not against the big social atmosphere. 
But at the same time, I don't know. Is house hopping, having multiple strangers coming in and out something we're going to do or continue to do or look forward to happen for Thanksgiving? I don't know. I do know the social atmosphere of living and being a person in this country is never going to go away because even during Corona, you saw people still engaging, not saying that it is right, but it's just saying that it's kind of like with kids in school. My, my daughter, she wants to go back to school, not because the learning is so much fun. It's for the social environment. She's four. She doesn't really understand so much of just like the concept of school, but she understands she's there with her friends and her teachers, these people I know, familiar faces, and I want to be there. So, but it's neither here or there. Last, last on the slate, though, the wild out topic of the whiz Zeke. I found this to be interesting. 